Hello, everybody, and welcome to Equity Global Markets' first ever podcast. We're so very happy you could join us today, and we hope you're as excited as we are putting this together for you. This will be the first in a series of many podcasts we're preparing for you, so please make sure you follow us across all our social media channels and get interacting about what topics you want us to go through or what questions you have about the wonderful world of FX and CFD tr trading. I'm your host, Gaurav Kashyap. I head up the Futures Trading Desk here in Dubai, and I'm joined by my very esteemed colleague, Mr. Mark Lee, a senior trader operating out of the city of London. How are we doing today, Mark? Hello, Gaurav. I'm very well. Um, we're not enjoying the same sunshine uh, as the Middle East here in London, but again, it's another busy day in the markets, another busy day on our trading floor, and I'm delighted to be here. Hopefully, we can have fun and provide some educational and interesting content. Absolutely, mate. Absolutely, we're 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 find ourselves in a in a in a very interesting time to kick off this series of podcasts, Mark. I mean, there's so much happening in the markets these days. We find ourselves in the midst of quite volatile times, to be honest. Uh, just looking across the news tickers, we have so many themes that are driving market sentiments these days. Of course, the biggest story these days is the developing uh, COVID nineteen or coronavirus theme and its impact on global markets. And in extension to this, the whole central bank theme and how key global central banks around the markets um, are responding to markets, excuse me, or how they plan to respond. Then of course, uh, the upcoming presidential elections coming up in November. Um, we do have um, Brexit news. Anyone remember Brexit? Uh, <laughs> it seems like it's gone completely <laughs> on the back burner and out of the market's minds. But, uh, you know, these discussions and deals between the, U e the UK and the EU, excuse me, will pick up again uh, through the summer months. But I really wanted to kick off uh, with some key figures that uh, particularly stood out uh, to me, Mark, uh, and for all our listeners. You know, we've seen over the last few trading sessions of February, we saw the Dow Jones index tank more than 16%. Um, after peaking above an all-time record high at 29,500 on the 12th of February, that index hit a low uh, of 24,680 on Friday night. That represents close to a 16% sell-off or close to 4,800 points in a matter of 16 days. Of course, the NASDAQ and the S&P 500 indices turned in similar performances over this time. And then, of course, we have had Fed Chair uh, Jerome Powell come out with comments on Friday that the Fed will act as appropriate in a bid to support the economy. This eventually played out into a 50 basis point cut by the Fed early into the U.S. trading session yesterday. And it was actually the first time um, we had an emergency rate cut uh, since, you guessed it, 2008. So quite, quite interesting times, uh, times here, Mark. What, what, what are you looking at? I 100% agree. And uh, as you said, I think it's the tale of two different stories right now. Um, of course, you've got the coronavirus on one hand and the central banks on the other hand, uh, and they're really battling it against each other. And that's, that's taking volatility at, to historical levels. Um, so, of course, it's a very exci exciting time. There's, there's a hell of a lot of uncertainty, um, various opinions. Um, and it, it's very interesting at the moment. Uh, as you said, yesterday, the Fed came out and it was an emergency cut, which is, of course, fundamentally bullish for stocks. It's going to encourage consumer spending. 
Um, however, the nature of the cut and, and how aggressive in the timing of the cut, it seems to have spooked the market slightly. Um, obviously, we know there's been economic fallout from the coronavirus, but, but just how bad is the damage? Uh, and I think the timing and the extent of the cut just tells us uh, the severity of this. You raise a, a fantastic point there, Mark. Um, and something that traders digest, like naturally the, the 50 basis point cut should be, should be positive uh, for markets, should be positive for US equity markets, but you nailed the point on the head. Um, the timing of it is, is, is quite interesting. Does this actually lead to a, a story or an underlying theme that perhaps the timing of it could catch markets off guard and maybe have a negative impact? And this is actually quite interesting because markets were largely expecting uh, the Fed to deliver this rate cut, but this was expected to happen on March 18th when the when the Federal Reserve were actually scheduled um, to cut rates. So definitely, I think that's something that uh, market players should look at um, and what kind of maybe risk off sentiment that could possibly uh, lead to in markets. I, what I find... What I find extremely fascinating about this, Mark, is how quickly things can change uh, in our markets. If you looked at uh, probability stats from just one month ago, uh, market players were pricing in with 91% certainty that the Fed would not do anything um, at the March meeting, and they would have kept benchmark rates in that current channel between 1.5% and 1.75%. Um, and of course, this was an extension to the Fed's earlier comments uh, in December, when they said that they don't expect to have any rate uh, changes in 2020 uh, altogether. And now, uh, fast forward to March 4th, and here we are with uh, 50 basis point cuts. How do you think this particularly plays out for the dollar? Of course, on the 20th of February, the US dollar index, um, and if I can just remind my view, our listeners here today, the US dollar index, it's a measure of the value of the US dollar against a weighted basket of major currencies. So it's a very, very helpful way to track the overall performance of the US dollar. And this particular dollar index peaked at uh, three-year highs at 99.81. Uh, again, that was three-year three -year highs. And ever since then, it has sold off. Um, how do you think this emergency cut would impact dollar crosses, Mark? What would you What would you be doing right now? I'm a firm believer that that the dollar is one of those true safe haven assets, uh, and for that reason, with with the amount of uncertainty around, and of course, that emergency cut so unexpected, it, it's increasing uncertainty, and I think there's going to be renewed demand for the dollar, and I think we're gonna we're gonna continue that that uptrend, and I think the dollar will go from strength to strength while whilst conditions. A very, very difficult at the minute and very unpredictable and hard to forecast. Very, very interesting, Mark. Can you please, you had said a very, very key word, which, uh, which I want to focus on for our, for our listeners, the safe haven concept. Do you mind uh, talking us a bit through the safe haven and what, what the US dollar's role is as a safe haven, maybe the Swiss franc? I do also know gold tends to be a safe haven. Absolutely. Yep. Um, as you mentioned, those safe haven ha assets traditionally have been the US dollar, globally the strongest economy, the Japanese yen. Um, of course, US treasuries, we've seen yield fall below 1% um, for the first time in history. Uh, and, and of course, the yellow metal, gold. 
Um, so in, in times of uncertainty um, and when there's fear in the markets and panic really sets in, we tend to see activity migrate to those safer assets. Um, and, and, and those are the assets that everybody right now has got their eyes on. Very interesting. Very interesting. Now, this brings me to my next question for you, Mark. When, when on Friday, um, on Feb 28th, we had noticed, uh, markets had noticed a very, very strong uh, correction in, in the precious metal. Now, amidst, amidst so much mar market uncertainty, I would have maybe expected a bit more of a rally or a stronger uh, gold performance. What, did you see something there? Absolutely, I agree. Um, of course, fundamentally, in all the textbooks you read, of course, gold should go up and risk aversion. That wasn't the case. We saw, we saw the yellow metal fall from 1646 down to 1585, quite an aggressive sell-off. Uh, and, and whilst we don't know why exactly, there's many different theories out there. And that theory is that gold perhaps isn't as strong a safe haven as perhaps the US dollar. So all of the long exposure, of course, we're in a, in a long-term uptrend. I think we're seeing a lot of people liquidate their, their long gold positions to make cash more available for those safer, those safer assets, such as the US dollar and, of course, US treasuries. And, of course, it was, it was the end of the month. And here, here on the trading floor in London, we often see some very abnormal price movements um, towards, the, towards the end of the trading month, particularly on the last trading day. Um, where people are rebalancing books and potentially closing positions. Um, but as you said, a very abnormal, a very abnormal move. And again, adding to the complexity of market conditions at present. Very, very interesting. Yeah, if, if I can just add to that. I mean, obviously, earlier in the year, my, my whole thing with gold is, of course, as you had correctly mentioned, it, 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 it is seen typically as a safe haven amidst... Um, uh, uncertainty, market tension. Of course, uh, we started 2020 with uh, the developments coming out of Iran, you know, the geopolitical tensions as a result of uh, those developments between the US and Iran. Um, that's when, of course, gold really, really kicked off, uh, kicked off on the front foot uh, to start this year. And I just feel with, with, that whole, with that whole story kind of moving back to the back burner, maybe we could potentially be seeing a bit of the, um, the sell-off coming as a result of, you know, these uh, ironing out of these uh, of these Iran tensions. That's something that we should continue to keep an eye out for, um, for all our listeners. Um, yes. Yeah, so just to recap, when we do see, when we do see heightened geopolitical tensions, this could ultimately lead to, uh, to stronger gold prices. Um, the other thing I wanted to pick your brains about Mark was um, now that we, we have seen this 50 basis point cut by the fed, um, Typically, we all know that the U.S. economy is by far still the front-running economy of the world. Uh, there's a famous saying that when the uh, when the U.S. sneezes, the rest of the world gets sick. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if it's a, a timely <laughs> joke considering the COVID-19 developments, but uh, really, typically, when we have uh, such strong action from the U.S. Federal Reserve, we can technically expect to see. Uh, other central banks following suit, I would assume. The Bank of Japan immediately offering up to 500 billion worth of Japanese yen 
in government bonds to provide uh, some kind of liquidity to the market. So what are you seeing here, Mark? Um, I know we have uh, a European Central Bank meeting coming up in March. Uh, could this possibly open the door to further consolidated action across uh, other global central banks? We've seen central banks take action. As I just said, Bank of Japan, Bank of China, both intervened and they're supporting their domestic markets. Of course, the RBA earlier this week. Uh, and again this morning, the Bank of England have come out and they've expressed their willingness to accommodate current, current economic conditions. Um, so we're now seeing action across the globe. And that, that proactive approach from central banks is providing a little bit of a safety net under markets and it's providing peace of mind for investors that are currently in honest quite spooked absolutely central banks to the rescue this will be uh, i think a very very key key theme uh, that we will continue to uh, look through um, in our future podcasts um, in closing mark uh, what would you leave uh, our 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 listeners with uh, do you have any any uh, any particular trades or any particular symbols that you're looking at as a personal trader of course Personally, uh, I'm still very bullish for U.S. indices. I think fundamentally the economy is very strong. Um, we've had record-breaking data, of course, unemployment at a 50-year low. Um, so I'm, I'm looking for a long Dow position anywhere around 26,000 um, with a stop loss below the previous low. So we're looking at 24,690. And I'm looking for a, long, a long-term swing trade back to that, that opening closure of that 29,000 gap that gap down. Um, of course, NFP on Friday will be crucial for, for the immediate destiny of, of equities, but I'm still uh, an equity bull and I will stand by that. Very interesting, Mark. Very interesting that you're, that you're coming across as, as a bull. Uh, then I'm going to play devil's advocate here. I'm going to go on the opposite side. Um, <laughs> I'm going to look at uh, potential uh, shorting opportunities uh, in, Euro, in, in the Euro-US dollar pair. Uh, currently, um, as we had uh, noted earlier, we've seen the euro uh, euro dollar cross come into a nice little buying spree, uh, which I think is going to be short lived. Uh, particularly now, considering we've had a uh, an emergency uh, fifty basis point rate cut, I think that rate cut is going to basically uh, it's going to rally U.S. dollar long bulls. I think that this should basically cap our uh, upward move in uh, euro dollar. Um, Towards 112.80, which would be, in my opinion, a, a safe point to build uh, short-term short, short positions. Uh, I would be looking at exiting below uh, 111.80, um, and I would look to potentially hold on to that trade, depending how things play off uh, in markets. But uh, Mark, thank you so so much for your time. Uh, thank you to all our listeners for taking out your valuable time and uh, logging into our. Uh, first ever Equity Global Markets podcast. Do remember to follow us across all our social media. Get uh, get tweeting, get uh, interacting with us. Uh, please do leave us with your comments. Please do leave us with any questions or topics you'd like to address in future, future uh, podcasts. And uh, we look forward to speaking to you soon.